joy comes from appreciation and gratitude. That's really where joy comes from. And joy comes from saying, I like the feeling of joy. And I choose to look for things that make me feel joy and speak words that make me feel joy and be around people that reflect that joy back to me. So it is the key to everything. Welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and on the podcast this week is Kelly Rutherford. Kelly is best known for her work as an actor, starring in Gossip Girl, Melrose Place, Dynasty, and Pretty Little Liars, just to name a few. But really, it's her soul and her perspective and her kindness that sets her apart. This is really such a beautiful conversation, and we chat all about the power of shifting our perspective towards joy and empowerment. Kelly shares the questions about joy we all need to ask, and we talk about children really as our teachers. Kelly shares the connection between spirituality and creating, how we can take our power back by seeing the good, appreciating others, looking for the joy, choosing gratitude, and above all else, allowing ourselves grace Plus, we have a wonderful conversation about learning to trust and allow, making ourselves happy first and looking within, Kelly shares her biggest dream, and so much more. Before we dive in to this week's new episode, I want to share with you guys that in just a couple of months, we are celebrating three years of Seek the Joy podcast, and this year we are celebrating on Zoom, and I would love if you would join us. Save the date for Saturday, October 3rd at 2 p.m. Pacific, and if you want to RSVP now, the link is in our show notes. This is really such a beautiful and powerful and joy-filled conversation, and it was such an honor and so much fun and so exciting to sit down for an hour and have this conversation with Kelly, and to now be able to share it with you is just the best feeling ever. So I'm so excited for you guys to tune in, and I can't wait to hear what you think about this week's new episode. So make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. Hit follow on Spotify. Hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, leave us a rating and review. Ratings and reviews really help the podcast get seen by new people and continue to grow. So take a screenshot of that review and send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. I'll send you some goodies to say thank you. And it's also a really great way for us to connect outside of the podcast. All right, guys, that's it. I cannot wait, seriously, for you to tune into this one. It is so joy-filled and filled with so much wisdom. And Kelly, thank you so much again for such a beautiful and powerful conversation. And guys, don't forget to RSVP for our three-year anniversary celebration on Zoom. And without further ado, here is my conversation with the incredible Kelly Rutherford. So I'm curious, what brought you to acting? Because I think it's such a it's a, such a unique job, and so you have this ability through storytelling to share so much of who you are. So I'm curious, where where did all of this begin? Well, when I was growing up, I felt like there were so many things I wanted to do, and 
so many different sides to myself, let's say that I, I, it was like that way. That's why it was probably hard for me to choose what I wanted to do. That like, Oh God, if I go over here and become a lawyer, then, then I'm a lawyer. And then, but there's this other side of me that's a total artist. And then mm-hmm. there's another side of me that's like super spiritual. And I got this book called the artist way by Julia Cameron. And she sort of had you make a pie and she said, okay, these are all the different sides, aspects that you want to be expressed in your life. And so I thought, yeah. And I was also a big people watcher and I think a super empathic when I was young and I, I could pick up on people's energies. And I always wondered why people made the choices they make. I mm-hmm. think of, I look at my parents and I look at their friends or kids at school. And I think, I wonder why they're that way. You know, just curious as to why people are the way they are and why they make the choices and why they act the way they do. So I think it was a combination of all those things. And, it, and acting was a way to um, express all those different aspects. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting what you just said about why people do what they do or why they express themselves the way that they express themselves. And I found it often comes from childhood, how we were brought up, what we were exposed to, what we weren't exposed to. And then also, I think this sense of a comfort level with ourselves of how much we can actually express, how much we can actually share. And I have found in my life, it's from both challenging experiences, but also through experiences of joy that I've learned that aspect of myself or how I can express myself. And I'm curious what that has been like for you, both learning, learning aspects of who you are, but then this sense of comfort with expressing it. Well, you just said it all so beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) Try to add to it. Um, Well, look, you're absolutely right on, or it certainly resonates with me what you said, because we, look, we come in with stuff. Look, you have two kids that come in, same parent, same whatever, and have completely different ways of expressing themselves. So how do you explain that? Because that must come from some other place possibly, mm-hmm. right? Which, which is, could be just our mission here, you know, what we're here to do. And we all respond differently. Two kids from the same family can respond very differently to circumstances that happen at the same moment. So yeah. um, I think we're each, uh, you know, here to express ourselves in, in, we have our own purpose, you know? Um, I don't know. How do I add to what you just said? It no, was so I think, good. I think what you just <laughs> said is great because it's this element of purpose and this mission. And sometimes we feel like we have to work so hard to uncover it, but it's actually already here. It's actually already who we are. Right. And, and I think our perspective helps. So I believe that, you know, if you figure, okay, if I chose my parents and I chose these circumstances, it's just a more empowering way to look at it, whether it's true or not. I mean, I always think what's the most empowering way to look at this situation because so many things can, can make us feel disempowered or powerless or so what's, you know, and, and that's one way to do it, which is, okay, if I chose this situation or this upbringing or these people, why did I choose them? And what is my, how have they helped my mission on the planet? And in what ways are those, are the challenging things part of my, also part of my mission. So, Mm -hmm. you know, how do I transform those challenging things because we've all had them, you know, into what I'm here to do or help shed light on. Mm -hmm. So, so these are all kind of clues. Um, 
to that. Yeah. It's sort of like a reframing through joy or a reframing through empowerment. It's like this crappy thing happened, or I've had this challenge, or I've faced a setback. And you sort of sit with it for a minute, like accepting kind of what it is for what it is. And then it's about, I think, how do you reframe that for yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can step forward so that you can move forward. But that, that feeling of I can empower myself or that feeling of empowerment I think of it sort of like as a muscle, right? Like you have Mm -hmm. to build um, Mm -hmm. because for so many of us, it's not innate. It's not something we feel we're almost capable of doing. You have to sort of work at it. Well, we're, we're just not taught, you know, it's not a part of our repertoire that we're taught in school or growing up is, is, is that kind of thing. We either, sometimes we learn it. Sometimes we learn it through example of the people around us. Sometimes we're taught by our parents because they've figured it out. But that sort of brings us to, you know, we come in these sort of perfect beings and then we have to dumb ourselves down for our parents, dumb ourselves down for society, dumb ourselves down (laughs) for school. There's sort of this, you know, instead we come in as these perfect, in in my opinion, we come in as these perfect radiant beings that are then you know, told that our parents know more than we do and society knows more than we do. And so a lot of it comes from that. And it takes time to work through so many years of that programming to finally be in your, your state of divine perfectness is, Mm -hmm. which that is different for every single human being. Um, and when I say perfect, I mean exactly how you should be, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's not based on, on an ideal. So it's a, almost a real, a, an uneducating of what we've learned, which I think happens a lot in our 20s and 30s is where, how am I step, how am I different from my parents? And even during our teenage years, we go through this kind of pushback of, yeah, you know, I don't know if you know everything. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not convinced that you have all the answers. I love you. I respect you. I think you have a lot of answers. You've certainly been here longer than I have, but there are things I came in with. I came in with the upgrade. You know, I came in with the upgrade. I'm younger. I came in, I know what I'm supposed to do for my generation. So I need you to step back a little and allow me space to figure that out without Mm -hmm. being so indoctrinated into uh, other pathways of being. So not that our parents aren't brilliant, smart, and offer up so much and thank goodness for them because we do need them. I mean, we mm-hmm. need these people to take care of us and nurture us and, and, and all these things. And depending on how much of all that we got is how much we're having to um, do, do the work, you yeah. know, ourselves. Yeah. So I think that's interesting because this is something I think, and I believe too, that when you're younger, you still have this sort of connection to spirit or um, you're just tapped in more. And I think as we spend more time here and we spend more time connected um, and you go through school and with your parents and et cetera, you lose that connection a little bit. And then you you're right. It. It's almost like in your twenties and your thirties, you start to tap back into that again. And I feel like that has certainly been, that's certainly been my experience. But I think what you said about with children and sort of giving them the space to learn and giving them the space to be and also be the teachers that they're also here to be for us. Because you're right. I think sometimes as parents or adults, we think we're here to teach uh, the younger generation, but it's really the younger generation that's teaching us um, and that's enlightening us. So I think what you said is so interesting and, and so spot on. 
I always say to my kids, you came in with the upgrade, you tell me, because <laughs> I mean, I've been here longer and I've learned to sort of adapt to life here on earth and how, you know, respond to that. And I'm here obviously to protect you and in every way I can to make sure that, you know, you learn to walk, you learn to do all the things right. you need to do to function in this society, to, to read and write and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but beyond that, I really feel like they're my teachers and they're my Buddhas. And I've always said that. Um, and it really is empowering to your kids to know that you respect them in that way and honor them in that way. Um, and it creates um, a very different human experience, you know, for them. I, I always figure like there's j- just like the less drama, the better for all of us have to, to recover from, you know? Mm-hmm. So the less we're projecting onto our kids, our stuff, which you can't help but do some because mm-hmm. just you do. I think we're better, honestly, being just an example and saying, you know, you know what you're here to do. And it's my job to support you in what you're here to do in any way I can. That's really a parent's job. I mean, in my, my view is just, I'm here to support you. It's an honor to have you here and it's a blessing. And I'm, I'm here to support you. And how can I support you? How can I be a better parent, a better mother to you? I'm still figuring things out myself, you know, and, um, I want you to know that (laughs) I'm still figuring things out myself. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a different way, a different approach. Yeah. It's interesting because what you just said reminds me of sort of being in service to others while still learning about who you are and still learning what your path is, but giving that space, I think sometimes giving that space or providing that space is a form of, of really being of service or in service to someone else. But I also think what you just shared is really reflective of a deep spiritual conscious path and way of thinking. So I'm curious, how did you get here? How did you get to being spiritual? And I think really seeing the world through this lens of consciousness and togetherness Mm -hmm. and love, um, because it's oozing out of everything that you're saying. (laughs) So I'm curious how, how you really got, how you got here. I don't, uh, it was, gosh, probably I had a young mother. Mm -hmm. And so I think and she was, you know, she was certainly finding her way. And I don't think she intended to have kids so young. It just sort of happened. And so I think there were things that, you know, and we moved around. I think I had to grow up kind of fast and I almost had to be grown up early. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of relearned how to be young again and lighter and whatever. But she was, she's always been very loving and affectionate and, you know, spiritual in her own way, you know, and sort of told me very early on about, positive affirmation, you know, affirmations and Louise Hay. And, you know, she'd always give me these kind of books along with the Ayn Rand and the other stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of heavier. It's all about balance. Yeah. Stuff. yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> Ayn Rand and Louise Hay. I was like, kind of weird. Okay. I'll find my own middle ground somehow. <laughs> all right. Uh, weird. So, and, and I always loved spiritual books and I always loved this idea because it was magical. I love, I love the idea of, I, and I think it comes from the, the, it just comes from creating. I mean, mm-hmm. if we're, we are, if you believe we're here to create, which it, obviously we are, I mean, look at how we're constantly humans are creating, creating, creating all day. Yeah. Um, and how we, if we weren't limited in our beliefs as we, we tend to be, we, the world would look very different if we were really allowed to 
be as infinitely creative as I think we were born to be. Mm -hmm. And so how do you, and it was always like, how do I unlock this for people? How do I unlock this? Like this idea that we're, we're just this, this is all we are. We're this, we're so much more. And I was always just drawn to people who believed in something broader, something Mm -hmm. beyond uh, just the day to day, just the idea of of creating, of being infinite creators and that we do create our realities. And that's something that was like, wow, that's empowering and and weird Mm -hmm. at the same time. You know, when you first sort of go, wait a minute, like what I'm saying is creating my reality. What I'm thinking is creating my reality. And is that true? And then you kind of test it out and then you do some affirmations and some manifesting and you're like, well, there is kind of a interaction going on here. Mm -hmm. And you study a little quantum physics and you you know, you realize, wow, people have been talking about this for a long time. Why aren't we doing this more? Like, this is such a big deal, such a big thing. And we, the system in which we live in doesn't leave a lot of room for that. So it has to happen kind of on your own Mm -hmm. or with a group of people that are like-minded. And it's just, it's a, it's perspective. It's just a different person. It's like a different perspective of looking at life. And we know if you shift your perspective, your whole world changes the energy in which you engage, what you're attracting. And it's not something, again, it's not something where unless it was taught in your home or unless you were given that book or unless you went to a seminar, you know, unless you, it's, it's not something we were taught and it's such a source of joy and empowerment and love. Can you imagine if we were taught this in school? Like if we had a class that was about how to reframe your thinking or your thoughts or to shift into a positive mindset or um, how to work through difficulties because you're right. Otherwise everything is learned in the home. And if it's not learned in the home, then you've got to sort of search out those resources for yourself. I just think it would be amazing if this was something that was taught in school, the role of affirmations and meditation and mindfulness we would have a different world. Complete this. It would look so different than it does. And, you know, this idea of blaming too is such an interesting thing because when you get rid of blame, it opens up such a a space for you. Like, you know, when you don't blame your parents because you think, well, they're acting on an old belief system. They're doing what they were taught, right? For Mm -hmm. the most part. And unless someone offered up another option to them, they didn't know. So it's like a lot of people living in a, not using all that we are capable of. So it's like, how do we keep expanding and using and working with what, what's possible and what yeah. we're capable of? And, and we can't blame people for not all being there. I mean, we're taught and encouraged, like we're seeing right now, it's all coming just so strongly becoming all of it so obvious in 2020. Mm-hmm. that we've been repeating ourselves and taught the same things. And it's like, okay, this, this, doesn't this feel old to you? This polarity, this, doesn't this feel like an really old archaic way of being? It does to me. I mean, mm-hmm. it feels like really, we're still having this conversation. I wonder, and, and I wonder why, and who's perpetuating that conversation and how are we being triggered in those kind con- and, and stepping back and sort of saying, okay, okay, there's, there's stuff going, you know, on and really taking our power back because if we're that constantly easily triggered, what does it say? Mm-hmm. We're giving our power up constantly. Mm-hmm. 
interesting what you said about blame, because I think on the other side of blame is responsibility and the sense of sort of taking responsibility mm -hmm. for yourself. And then when you take responsibility for yourself and your own experience, then you're taking responsibility for your worldview. You're taking responsibility for how you interact with other people. And then on the other side of that is exactly what you're talking about too, of taking your power back. Because when you take your power back, then you can really assess for yourself what's going on. Does this resonate? Do I want to change it? Do I accept it? It all starts with that sense of, I think, of personal responsibility. It does. And, and if we look at labels, we mm -hmm. look at how we define things. Who defined that for us? Because that's not how I define it. Like I look at it as I go by energy. doesn't matter where you're from, what you look like what religious background, what, what, uh, color, what, what any of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's energy. Each individual carries an energy and a frequency. So how can you judge a whole group of people based when each of those people has their own frequency? It's like, this is, we have to get singulary Mm -hmm. I mean, be, or, well, I don't know if that's even a word. You can make it one. <laughs> like, you can make it one. I, we're just going to make up words and labels, okay? We're I think make up 2020 is the year where we, we can do that. that. I think we can do that. <laughs> new language, singularity. I'm into it. Um, Let's go with it. But it's like we each, we're so, it's like we started this conversation. You know, two kids from the same family with the same parents right. having the same conversation will have two different takeaways. And we've also seen that, you know, we've been raised in a society where if you speak out against the group mentality, mm -hmm. ooh, that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's not welcomed in all groups, right? It's not welcome to say, oh, hey, guys, you know, we may be like doing this a little funny over here. And that might be alienating a few people over there. And I think that's probably what's causing the problem. Mm -hmm. You can't say that, you know, mm -hmm. because, well, wait a minute, you know. And so when we really go based on energy, not labels, not wide overview, you know, this whole group of people over here is that way. How can you even, what, what, what is that? You know, and I think it's something to question. It's like, what is that? Because that's not how we were born. We weren't born in groups. We aren't born in groups to be over here thinking all the same thoughts. And, I, and then it comes back to being aligned. So if you're aligned with a certain energy or a certain belief system, you'll attract different people. Yeah. You know, yeah. that that makes sense. But like-minded people. Yeah. I think now more than ever, more of us want to speak up. More of us want to speak out, especially against things that no longer resonate, no longer feel good, no longer feel progressive, no longer um, align energetically. But there is this, this fear of if I speak out, what will the response be? Because I mm -hmm. think even, even the, the, the best of us and the brightest of us, we all have that innate sort of fear of, will we be shunned from the group? You know, what will that response be like to me? And I think it takes a certain level of courage and bravery and self-responsibility and knowing yourself to say, I trust what I believe, what I know is right, and I'm going to step forward in it. And step forward with it, regardless of the response, because I know for me, it's the right thing to do. I think so yeah. many more people are grappling with that and grappling with also this reality of maybe I was quiet before, but now I'm speaking up. 
So you have this one way that you defined yourself, one way that you expressed yourself, and now you're stepping forward in a new way of expression Mm -hmm. and a new way of speaking up and speaking out. But you're right. It goes back to also remembering too that everyone is individual. Everyone is unique. And so the more that we can step away from grouping people together, I think the more courage we'll also feel to step forward with what we believe in. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting sort of like push pull that comes out and comes, comes about, but it's interesting. This year is showing more of that. I think more than ever before. Yeah. Well, we're seeing it. I think it's, it's got to come to light. You know, we're seeing like, well, wait a minute. Okay. That, that doesn't work either. You know, we're finding out what works, you know, it's like we're, 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 um, you know, kind of seeing extremes of things so that we can understand how things work and define a new way of being, I think for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious, as you have gone on your own journey and your own path, Mm -hmm. both um, with acting and spirituality and with your family and everything else that sort of, you know, rests in between, how have you learned to to trust more, to Mm -hmm. sort of allow more? Well, it's my belief that that's our natural state. Our natural state is allowing, Mm -hmm. allowing instead of resisting, forcing, making it happen, right? So not that we don't take action, it's just that the action, the intention behind the action and the energy behind the action is different when you're allowing yourself to be, allow yourself to um, connect up with what's true for you. And um, I just found that like trying to make things, trying to make things happen or force things to happen or when, when really challenging things were happening, if I was really in hardcore resistance to it there were no good positive, there were no outcomes that were good. So Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, this isn't working. It was sort of trial and error, I suppose. So in letting go, which became the only option, at some point you just go, okay, I can't figure this out. Nothing I'm doing is working. And so you just let it go. Mm -hmm. And in the letting go of the stress of it, the worry of it, the whatever, you get quiet and you allow the answers to come and you allow things, you allow the situation space, uh, for, you know, whatever you want to call it, divine intervention for the energy to, to alchemize so that, because when we're in resistance or we're in lack, the energy can't show up. It just, it's not, again, it's like quantum physics things just doesn't Mm -hmm. work. So in that space, you learn to trust. You learn to say, okay, the more I get quiet, breathe, allow this situation, you know, and you're almost better just putting light around the situation and saying, you know, for the highest good of all, you know, I'd like a resolution or an improvement or a blessing here or a, you know, uh, bless us all in this mm-hmm. situation that we may all see what the for the highest good, what's best. Or, you know, there's, it's a different energy going into something. And so you kind of get a different result mm-hmm. versus the, the coming from anger or this is my way and it's the only way or yeah. trying to control a situation or control a person. And we've all seen that doesn't, it, I mean, without history, it just doesn't work. I mean, it may work for a time, but the result is usually not very good. Mm-hmm. The outcome is not good for anyone involved. So you just, you know, you feel your way into things and you learn to trust. It's a learning process. You know, it's a learning to get quiet, learning to just let things go and allow and ask because in allowing 
you're saying it's okay. I'm allowing my life to improve. Mm -hmm. I'm allowing the situation to improve. And I'm asking for an improvement around this or that or the other. Mm -hmm. You know, how often do we get quiet and ask? (laughs) Just get quiet and, you know, just say, please show me the way. I'm asking for a very clear guide here or a very clear answer to what a way of being or how to do this. So it, it's over time. And I think it comes from, we've, we've done the other thing. We've tried to force things and we've resisted. We've tried to control things. We've, we've watched it happen. We're seeing it happen now. And it's like, that, we know this doesn't work. Why are we still doing this? Mm-hmm. Like there's another way. There's another yeah. way. Yeah. And the other way is so much more beautiful and full of joy and allowing and just people being who they are and Mm -hmm. at their own Mm -hmm. pace. Yeah. I think what has helped me too is to remember that anger hurts me probably more than it hurts the person that I'm angry with. And being frustrated hurts me more than it hurts the person I'm frustrated with. And when I catch myself in that moment, I remind myself, it's like in that sense, I can shift it. I can, I can change the way I'm approaching or the way I'm speaking, but you're right. It comes through trial and error and, and doing it one way and realizing this is actually not working for me. I'm going to try something else instead. (laughs) Cappuccino agrees. I was going to say, I feel like, um, she's like, you're right. You're right. Keep going. But I think that's, it is a process of trial and error and learning to trust, I think comes from moments where you didn't trust and kind of putting your hands up and surrendering and saying, okay, Let's see how this goes. We learn from the contrast, right? Mm -hmm. We learn from, okay, that didn't work. That didn't feel good. So I'm going to go over here. What, what will, you know, what does? So that's, you know, we're born into, you know, contrast Mm -hmm. and that contrast, I I suppose, is there to say what are, for us to figure out what our preferences are and be a guiding system of sorts. I love what you just said, that it comes from the contrast because I don't think we look enough at the contrast. I think sometimes as a society, we look too much on the trials and the tribulations and the difficulties and the challenges and so much of our experience as to what bonds us as a society is through those difficulties, is through those challenges. I like to look at the contrast and say, how can we actually learn through joy? How can we actually empower through joy and bond through joy. So I love what you said that we learn through the contrast because I think learning to do so through joy, learning to learning more about yourself through joy and celebration and triumphs, I think is just as important. So I'm curious for you, what has that been like learning through joy or choosing to experience joy or how do you even experience joy in your own life? I'd love to know Hmm. what, what that's like for you. I think we're all born with that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you see a baby and they're like, they come in and they're smiling and they're happy and they, you know, and it's, it's almost like relearning yeah. what we already know. And what, when, and in that contrast, you learn what feels good and what doesn't feel good. So that thought doesn't feel good. This thought does feel good. Um, and that being around this person feels really nice to me and being around this person doesn't. And without judgment, just, mm-hmm. just saying, I, I don't know why it doesn't even matter why bless them. It doesn't matter why maybe we're just, our frequencies aren't aligned at this point and that's okay. Why force things? So it's mm-hmm. like, goes back to like, why are we going to force an alignment that through our being doesn't feel well, we are taught to ignore a lot of our alignment growing up. Mm-hmm. 
we're taught to constantly ignore what is aligned. And even if we go, okay, this is, I'm this, I'm aligned with this right now, but I can change my mind because right now that makes sense to me. And that's interesting. That doesn't mean that next week it's going to make sense to me because I'm growing. I'm a constantly evolving being. I mean, why do we have to stay the same? It's like in relationships, you're never going to lock it down. Like, believe me, <laughs> people grow and change and, you know, hopefully they're con- going to continue to grow and change. And hopefully you'll wake up every morning and go, oh, that's so cool. I love that right. about you, you know, right. and you can grow and change together. Yeah. And, and yeah. out of appreciation. So mm-hmm. it's learned, even though I think it's innate, mm-hmm. it's like a relearning of, you know, we learn to judge. We learn to hate, not that we, you know, we learn all these labels, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas we need, it's almost like a relearning of appreciation. What if I just looked at what I like about this person? It doesn't matter. They may be doing whatever. I mean, I'm not saying you don't hold people accountable for things they do. That's mm-hmm. different. We always, that's a, that's an obvious thing. Okay. Right. To me, right. common sense. But what if we choose to see the good? you know, versus choosing to, cause it's a choice to, to look and judge and look at the other stuff. So yeah. joy, it comes from appreciation and gratitude. That's really where joy comes from. And joy comes from saying, I like the feeling of joy and I choose to look for things that make me feel joy and mm-hmm. speak words that make me feel joy and be around people that reflect that joy back to me. So it is the key to everything. And it's just a shift in perspective. That's all it is. It's not, there's no like, it's not a lot of self-help you need here. It's not a (laughs) lot of big drama. It's really pretty simple Mm -hmm. if you practice it, right? Which is, okay, instead of looking for things I don't like, I'm going to look for things I like. I'm going to make lists of things that I like. Mm -hmm. I like about them, that I like about myself. I'm going to make lists of things that, I do do well. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. I can make a list of things that I don't do well and I don't whatever, <laughs> which is fine. But where does that get me? Where does right. it get me? I don't know. It, go, it gets me depressed. Yeah. It gets me like down. It gets me like feeling like a total complete. I mean, if I were to sit and look at all of the mistakes I've made in my life, I would just, it's just, I'd be in a puddle of tears all day. Mm-hmm. And you go, but I was learning and there's, there's something called grace, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm, I, I, and in that, learning. It's called relearning. I've had to navigate situations in school and parents and society in a way where it's like, of course, I'm going to make mistakes. And of course, I'm going to do things because I'm dealing with a lot of programming. Yeah. So, and even if you didn't, you, you, that you learn by trial and error. That's how we learn. So if you make a decision consciously to look for the joy, talk about what makes you happy, talk about what the good part of this situation could be, talk about what is working in your life, appreciate the person in front of you, look for things you like, mm-hmm. just look for things you like instead of things you don't. Yeah. And you know, it's a start. Yeah. There's so much value to joy. There's like so mm-hmm. much value to it. And I think we underestimate it. And I think there's so much value to appreciation, which is also something you just spoke about 
And also this element of grace, I have to bring this up because how often do we give someone else grace before we give ourselves that grace? Mm -hmm. So you're right. If you focus on, focus on where you've been expansive, focus on your talents, what you're good at. Of course, we're all aware of the things that we are not so great at. Um, and you're right. It would just put me in a big old depressive <laughs> episode if I like focused on the negative and the bad, because there's a lot that I'm not good at, but you're right. It's like the more that you focus on the joy that's in front of you and how you can experience more of it, you really allow yourself to expand and take up more space. Because I think so many of us, we shrink ourselves. The more that we think about what we're not good at, the more that we think about our failures, and I'm saying this in like quotation marks, we shrink ourselves. But it, through that joy, you can be more expansive. And then there's so much great stuff that comes from being expansive, like being able to receive, receive love and, and compassion and understanding and partnership and success, whatever that might look like for you. The list goes on. The list goes on and yes. on. How did you get to it? So how did you get to the joy? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm still working on my joy, but I think I got to my joy by allowing myself to use my voice in a way that I wasn't doing before because I was shrinking myself. I wasn't, um, and this goes back to being in law school and, you know, thinking you had to be a certain way and practice a certain type of law. And, and the more that I stepped beyond that and actually dove into my own spiritual journey and dove into my own practices and realized I had a voice that, that just like anybody else that should be shared. That's how I started to find my own joy, but I still work on it. I still try and find it, but it's, and we'll, I'm not kidding when I say it really is conversations like these that make me feel my own joy. This is when I feel my best, Yeah. but it's a process and it's trial and error and it's, it's getting to know yourself and you get to know yourself by peeling back the things you didn't maybe want to look at or know about, and then you accept it and you grow through it and you show grace for yourself. It is totally. And it's grace because, you know, there was a lot of stuff, a lot of programming that happened. Mm -hmm. So you can blame yourself for that or blame them for that, or you can have grace with yourself and them and say, you know what, it's been a process, but the simplest way seems to be like you're saying this, when I'm sitting here, in front of this microphone, talking mm-hmm. to these people, mm-hmm. I feel the most joyful. Now, how obvious is that, that the universe is saying, this is what you're supposed to do. I know. Hi, hi over here. Yeah. This is what you're supposed to do. See mm-hmm. how you're feeling right now? Like mm-hmm. this is, but these, this is our guidance system. This yeah. is like just an awareness of what am I doing when I feel my best? Who am I around when I feel my best? Who, you know, what, did, what thoughts make me feel my best, you know? And if you get up every morning and make a gratitude list, an appreciation list, write some affirmations, get quiet, go into your body and just experience what it feels like. Where, where have I been? Where do I experience the most joy, love, happiness? Your perspective shifts. Mm-hmm. You know, it does because we get up and we think, well, I've got to do this. Oh, and I didn't do that yesterday. And oh my God, I've got to. And we start our, <laughs> it starts going, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're like, we haven't even had our coffee and we're just like, oh my gosh. And then you're already exhausted and you've only been up for 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, I did that as a parent and I did that as a wife. And I was this, and I said that to them last night, you know, and I I shouldn't have said that. And, you know, you just get into this like space Mm -hmm. and we, in the same way that you go, okay, all right, have your coffee. 
and then let's write some effort. Let's look at where it is working. And if, again, if you need to go back and be accountable for things, go back and be, make, you know, I think I said something last night at dinner. Was that weird? I don't even know, you know, <laughs> and clear it just, and there's things that we can yeah. clear. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a question, there's nothing wrong with saying, was that weird or no? Okay. I, Cause I didn't mean it that way. And I've been thinking about it for two days. So I just thought I would call yeah. you and they're probably like, I don't even remember you saying that. Okay, good. Because, <laughs> you know, there's ways to also, and even with my kids, I'm like, you know, God, you know, I cried and I was upset and I, I was emotional and I just hope that was okay. I don't want to put that on you. And I just, you know, and they're like, mom, please. Like we see moms crying at drop off every day. Like it's fine. Like moms cry or moms do this or, you know, so it's a lot of, it's just, you know, allowing that conversation to happen and allowing ourselves grace again to say, yeah, I'm going to call because maybe that was weird. Or was there a weird vibe with that person? Or, you know, it's like, then you clear it. You're not carrying it around through your day. Mm -hmm. It's like, if there's those little things or Mm -hmm. little conversations you need to have, it can be done really beautifully and simply without a lot of drama. And if the person, and even if you did see something and they're offended or whatever, allow them to be say, okay, that was so not, I love you. And I just want to, how it won't happen again. And I'll, we'll clear, yeah. well, let's, how do we clear this up? How do I clear this up? And you know, sometimes you can't with people and sometimes you can, but at least you made the effort. You yeah. Know? It's a form of like advocating for yourself. I think in a mo in that moment, because you're right, the more you sort of like get into this like tailspin within yourself and what did I say? How did it make them feel? Um, how is it now making me feel reflecting on it? We often don't take that next step of advocating for ourselves by checking in and asking the question, how did you receive this? Well, this wasn't my intention. And then, you know, resolving it. Um, But I want to go back to something you said a little bit before too, about these questions about joy. How did this make me feel? How do I feel when I'm around this person? What brings me the most joy? I think, I think the questions, and I'm missing some of them, but that's such a great place to start because I think for a lot of people, and I have certainly found this in, in almost three years of doing this show, so many people write in and ask, well, how do I start to find the joy in my life? Like I, I don't have joy. I, I feel sort of like robotic or um, like a cog in the wheel. And what is there a time for joy? And I think now, especially in the time of a global pandemic, when everyone's experience is so varied, finding that joy for yourself doesn't have to be complicated it can be, you know, that moment in the day where you turn on your iPad and you're watching Netflix or you go on a walk, um, socially distance, of course, or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I love the questions that you outlined because I think that's such a good place to start. Well, we have to remember because if mm-hmm. we haven't felt joy in a while, we have to remember what it feels like. I mean, okay. And, and write about the things and just, it's like a discovery, isn't it? Yeah, it's a discovery of what does make me feel joy because that may be very different than other people. You mm-hmm. know what? Mm-hmm. What? What do I love to do? Yeah, and I think that's important too because we often look to others to be that guidepost to tell us how to find that joy, how to find that inner peace, how to receive love. We look to others for for that information, but at the end of the day, you you have your own answers, and they're all within because you're your own person. And I think it's interesting. Um, I've been trying to share this message for a long time. Um, and I think it's one that you also share all the time on your social media of who you are is already within the answers that you seek are already within. Um, you can look to someone else maybe for inspiration or as a confirmation, but someone else is not going to have your unique answers for you. 
mm-hmm. I think it's something that's sometimes lost in wellness or spiritual spaces, but I think it's so important because we often look too much outside of ourselves for that comfort or for that affirmation or for that love or, or for that joy. Yeah. It's an, it's, it's so important what you just said, because if you make an agreement with someone, it doesn't have to be a verbal agreement, just an agreement that nobody outside of you is responsible for making you happy. And I'll tell you, it's the most liberating thing in relationships Mm -hmm. that you will ever experience in your lifetime is you're off the hook. Your job is not to make me happy. My job is to make me happy. And, you know, I can say, hey, you want to come along for the ride and do you want to experience this with me? But it's not your job or anyone's job to to provide those things for you. What happens energetically is when you start providing those things for yourself, when you are happy, when you are doing what you love, you automatically attract the like. Mm -hmm. So you attract someone that loves you, appreciates you. So you know where you are based on what you're attracting a lot of the times. You have to say, oh, wow, okay. And the source of unhappiness, the gr- one of the greatest sources of unhappiness is expecting or that someone else is going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. So you will probably never, I, it's really hard to find your happiness in that space because now you're at the whims of every single mood of every single person around you and bless them. They're allowed to have a mood, but look, mm-hmm. if you have a mood and I'm not expecting you to make me happy, you're just having a mood or mm-hmm. you're just having a moment. You're working through your stuff. And I'm over here going, Oh my God, I'm just going to love her while she works through her stuff because this, this is so important for her. And I'm here mm-hmm. to, you can actually hold space for another person, which is incredible if you have, have figured out and, and it's simple because you just make those lists. It's gratitude. It's giving grace. It's like someone may say something and you go, wow, that didn't resonate through my being. But then you wait a minute. No, oh, maybe, you know, she was. She had had a really rough day, and I bet that kind of came from that space. I'm going to let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if it happens two more times, I'm going to be like, hey, I don't know what that's about. Should we talk about it? But, you know, it's also grace, and people fumble with their languaging. People fumble with they say things. And, you know, if it's a consistent behavior, it's different, you know, or if there's a pattern there of, you know, something, then you go, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know. That doesn't resonate with me or whatever. I'm going to move over here. Bless them. And a lot of it's blessing. It's like bless that person wherever, where where each of us are. And bless bless us all because we're figuring it out. The the key is really what you brought up, which is it's not your job to make me happy. Mm -hmm. And in that space, I can actually really love you. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. I think that's an important reminder. You have to start by making yourself happy. And that's probably a whole other podcast episode and a whole other <laughs> conversation. But you really do. You have to start by by making yourself happy and loving yourself and defining on your own terms what that means. And I think when you get to that space of, of inner love, and I think there's grace to give yourself within that process and grace to give yourself within that journey. Um, it's like this very interesting sort of like cyclical thing. I don't know how else to to describe it. It's super simple though, because Mm -hmm. if I'm not, if you're not responsible for making me happy and I'm on this journey of, okay, well, what does make me happy? What do I love to do? How much of my day is spent doing what I love? You, You know, if you're asking yourself these questions 
And, and who, gosh, who am I with that makes me happy? And, and I want to hang out with them more. And God, if I could have anything, what would it be? And what would my like, if I could just write the story, what would it be? You know, there's, there's, it's just this, we're infinitely creative. We just have to ask the right questions. And we've been kind of dumbed down mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. told that other people are supposed to make us happy, that joy is not the thing. Joy is the thing. It's the mm-hmm. key to everything. If you decide today, I'm just, I'm just going to be happy and nothing and no one can, can, make me not happy. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And okay. So go ahead, try. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Because and what happens is you you it's not that you're challenging that or you want that. You're you what you're saying is I'm not going to make you responsible for that because that's within me and that is determined by me, by my thoughts, by my action, by my focus, by my discovery. And and what it does really, really, really is it allows us to love each other so much more. There's so much love on the other side of that that is not conditioned on what you do for me and how you show up for me. It's only added and appreciated. So then if you show up with joy and generosity and grace, I, I'm just so appreciative of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it this reminds me of it almost feels like you're building resilience through expression, through creativity, through joy, through self-love, through an element of acceptance. And when I say resilience, I I don't mean like this strong, like grit that we often associate resilience with. By resilience, I mean this willingness to almost show up, this willingness to participate, this willingness to express, this willingness to keep going, keep moving forward, keep trying, keep loving all of the things through this expression of joy and through this expression of your own individual experience. And it's very interesting because I feel like this whole conversation ended up being tied by this theme of grace and tied by this theme of um, giving yourself that grace through this process of developing that resilience. And I don't know where I'm going with this thought, but it just, it struck me what you said because- because I think I said this earlier, we often don't think about the process of developing resilience that way. We think it has to be hard. We think we have to learn through hardship. And we do. We learn a lot through hardship. We learn a lot through adversity. Our whole path can change as a result. How we show up in the world changes as a result. But then the challenge and the opportunity lies in the next choice you make, how you choose to show up with more empathy, show up with more compassion, show up with more love. And I think that's what you've done. And I think that's mm. what you continue to do. Um, so it's very interesting. The whole, this whole conversation, I think, is just so, has been so beautifully sort of unintentionally <laughs> tied around this whole theme and, and this whole message. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's just allowing it to evolve, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I love that. Before we go, I've got to ask you a question that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Um, and that is, what is your biggest dream? Biggest dream. My biggest dream really is that we awaken to this, that we awaken to the beauty of, to our own radiance, to our own beauty, to our own light, to our own love. It doesn't mean we don't need people. It doesn't mean we don't want to be held. It doesn't mean all the, what it means is, 
that we attract the right person to hold us when mm-hmm. we are in a space that is loving and it has to be done ourselves. And that's a big, that's, that's a big, it's, it's, and it's actually fun. It's mm-hmm. a lot less work to make those lists and find your joy and look for the good and appreciate. And that's where the magic is. And that's what we've been sort of um, in the, a little bit in the dark about and why we're seeing the conflict we're seeing. Mm. So if we can shift our perspective to, uh, to um, gratitude and appreciation of what we do have, of what other people bring. The dream, you know, the dream is that, you know, we get there, you know, mm-hmm. that we all in our own way get there, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, because look, if you want material things, you can have material things. You really can, you know, and if you want whatever, all these things. So it's aligning with it. It's writing about it, putting the picture up on your vision board. It's, and then letting it go and allowing it in. It's mm-hmm. So if you get, if it's like, if you have everything, let's say you have this sort of meditation of, okay, I have, I have the Range Rover. I have the big, huge diamond ring. I have the guy, <laughs> I have the work. I have the, you know, whatever it is mm-hmm. on planet earth that you find fantastic, whatever. It could be a beautiful garden. It could be a beautiful vacation, whatever. I have all these things. I have them. Then what? Then what's left mm-hmm. is to be and to appreciate them and to appreciate others. If you're not stressed about making a living, if you, if you take all that away, which is really what's left. And so the, that's probably my biggest dream is that mm-hmm. we awaken to, and I hope I'm articulating this the oh, way yeah, I feel have, it, yeah. feel it or see it. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, well, Kelly, that was, I don't know. I don't, you're kind of all over the place. <laughs> no, there. I think uh, that's beautiful. And what's so, what you said is so beautiful and you're right at the end of all of this is just to be and to be who you are and to, um, to give yourself that permission to radiate who you are. And then within that too, is something you said about, it doesn't have to be so serious. Because often we think these spaces are so serious, but really it's about playing within them and having fun and, and, and um, experimenting with what's right for you and being silly. And you don't have to have that serious spiritual cap on, which I think is a myth anyway. So what you yeah. said makes so much sense and it's so beautiful. I'm excited yeah. to share this because I think it's a dream that's shared, that's, that's really shared by many for sure. Mm. Oh, Good. Good. Oh, Kelly, this has been so much oh, fun. Um, I have so loved sitting in this space with you and having you on the podcast mm. and just the opportunity to chat and to share. So where is the best place for everyone to find you and connect and uh, and learn more? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm really on Instagram. I'm, that's what I main, mainly do. So just at Kelly Rutherford. Yeah. Perfect. I'll, uh, I'll link your Instagram in the show notes. Everyone has to mm. follow you because you shared not only beautiful imagery, but the quotes and the words that you share are inspirational and such a, um, I think they really radiate who you are. Um, so I'm excited for, for more people to find you and connect. And thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. This has been so much fun. And I just love, I love the direction it went. It's going to be great. It's going to be great to share it. Oh, thank you so much for having me and inviting me to do this. Yeah, really. Of course.